0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Nose on the Wall. It's Justin Reed. Some very exciting news up top here. We have a sponsor. Uh, we uh, got in touch with the folks at Free Lunch Coffee, and you will hear more on them later in the episode, but we are very thankful for, uh, for the team at Free Lunch Coffee for sponsoring this podcast uh today's episode i speak with rachel noel rachel is a a wonderful poet and wonderful human being and i had a great time talking to her and i hope that you guys enjoy the episode uh so without any further ado rachel a quick word from our sponsor anchor anchor is the one-stop shop for all things podcast production from creating editing distributing uh, monetizing your podcast all of it is easily done from anchor's comprehensive platform Um, if you're thinking of creating a podcast, I'd highly recommend it. That's what notes on the wall is, uh, produced and distributed by for more information, download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's a N C H O R.F.M to get started. Now back to the show. All right. With me, I have the wonderful Rachel Noel. Thank you so much for, for joining me today.
1: No, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Of course.
0: Of course, of course. Um, I have a whole slew of questions for you. Oh, I but can't wait. First, but first, <laughs> I want to shower you with praise. So if you'll indulge <laughs> me for, ju- for just a second, all right, um, all right. <laughs> I have never been a a particularly. I've never been particularly fond of poetry. It's <gasps> just never it's never resonated with me. Um, and when I came across your uh, your Instagram, what really captured my attention. Was how you combined your your words, your your poetry, with you, the way you display it makes it become visual art, and mm. that captivated me. And that's why I wanted to reach out to you because I have I've never been interested in poetry, but by seeing how you presented it, that then led me to look at your work more seriously, uh, which I also like quite a bit no well
1: um, thank you <laughs> thank you yeah, i'm happy course. to hear that you know it's it was something that it kind of came out of this like type like a runoff typewriter experience that i had and right. from there i was like oh i'm sticking with this so it all worked out
0: <laughs> yeah and and um you know for for the listeners uh rachel is a poet you may have gathered um from the intro here and she has a one a wonderful collection of poetry called at war with stars, which you can get on Amazon. And I highly suggest you do because uh, it, I mean, it, it's really wonderful. Um, and I'm thinking of actually getting it for a couple friends of mine for, for holiday presents. Oh, thank um, you. Yeah. I'm of honored. <laughs> um, well, you know, I have a lot of friends who, um, you know, are part of the LGBTQ community mm-hmm. who struggled with either coming out or, you know, living their lives as an out person mm-hmm. um, just because of, be it family dynamics or, you know, whatever slew of reasons. Yeah. And um, I feel like your words speak to not only the human condition, but also specifically the LGBTQ human condition. And I think that will resonate really well with people. So,
1: yeah, you know, it's something that I I strive to do. It's it's funny, when I first kind of became a poet, I never I don't know, I it I wasn't online like at all. And then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, I'm gonna be a poet. I need to probably like market myself and network with other poets and you know, do the thing. And until then, I mean, I was out in my life, but as far as the internet was concerned, like for me it was none of their business. Sure. And now, you know, it's definitely out there. <laughs> um, and the thing I, you know, I tried to, I want to be able to cater to all of these people. And I know that as a person with a platform, I have an incredible responsibility. And I feel very lucky that, you know, I can speak to people within this community and also, you know, anyone else who likes poetry. So I'm happy that I struck that balance for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So with that said, I've spent about five minutes now just praising you. And you are, are well worth the praise, but we are here Thank to ask you. questions oh, about yeah, let's childhood do and uh, and jump into that. So the one that I always start with, um, what was your favorite smell from your childhood?
1: Oh, man. It's funny. I'm a super smell-oriented person. Oh, are you? Um, yeah. Like, when I opened a Christmas – like my mom always made fun of me when I was a kid. She didn't make fun of me, but, you know – like I would open a Christmas present and the first thing I would do is smell it. Like whether it was like a t-shirt. Yeah. It was just like, it's a, it's just weird, like comfort thing, I think. Sure. Um, but the one that comes to mind, uh, definitely resonates with the holiday uh, a few weeks ago, but Thanksgiving, uh, the smell of Thanksgiving, um, you know, my mom in the kitchen, you know, we would kind of have brunch and hang out. And then my brother and I would help her make this like famous stuffing, which, um, is my great grandma's recipe. And, you know, she's still alive, which is amazing. And, um, you know, it's cool to to have that now as an adult.
0: Right. What makes the stuffing so famous?
1: You know what? I think it's the sage and I think it's the butter.
0: butter. (laughs) Butter will do it.
1: Yeah, you know, you can't, like, you have to throw all logic out the window when you're making this stuff, but it's, like, melt in your mouth. It's bread stuffing. We, we, like, stuff the turkey, and it gets brown, and it's so good. And, yeah, now, you know, my brother, you know, the whole family loves it. So, yeah. But as a kid, I remember we would, my brother and I, when he he's four years younger than me, so he would, like, sit on the countertop, and the first, mm-hmm. one of the first things you have to do, and it was, like, kind of one of the only things we could do when we were kids, um, but you have to like rip the bread up into like these little pieces. So my mom would always right, do right. us that job, you know, um, while she was like chopping the stuff and, you know, doing the thing. But yeah, we always used to wake up and do that together as kids.
0: Oh, that's fun. That's fun. It sounds like, um, I may just be therapizing here a little bit, but it sounds like you're quite close with your brother.
1: I am. Yeah. You know, he's actually like in the other room. We live together. Oh. So. <laughs> which is funny he um he you know i moved to denver five years ago and he graduated Mm -hmm. from college just over a year ago or two years ago now and he said he was never going to move to denver and i was like ah you're lying and uh, he called me up one day like a year and a half ago and was like hey can i like hang out with you in denver while i find a place to live and then it just worked out. We were in this like awesome house by this park. Um my wife and I live here and and my brother lives here and it's it's a hoot of a time, let me tell you.
0: Sure. I love Denver. My my oh, in-laws are great. out there.
1: Yeah, and, I love it.
0: Um, I I spend quite a bit of time there. Um what what part of Denver are you in?
1: Um just just west of the city, so kind of Sloan's Lake oh, okay. area. Um you know, gotcha. 10 minutes from downtown, but I mean, I okay. love it here. I I tell people all the time, I'm so glad I came here and I'm not sure I'll ever really be able to leave.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, you know, I love to travel, but Denver just seems like it's a great combination, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that that was my in-laws, um, like, target destination. My my wife and I were, were both born and raised in Florida. Okay. And um, when my wife's parents, when, when my brother-in-law graduated high school several years ago, okay, uh, they decided, all right, we're done. We're going to Denver.
1: Yeah, and, smart. Uh,
0: haven't, <laughs> haven't looked back. Well, they're big skiers.
1: Ah, there we go. There we go. Whereabouts uh, in Florida are you from?
0: Uh, I hopped around the state, so I was born in Miami, okay. and then I spent about ten years in Tampa area, and then my folks are now in Fort Myers. If you're familiar with that part of Florida,
1: I am. Yeah, my grandparents had a place in Naples for a long time. Yep, and mm-hmm. my uh, now wife, um, her family is from the Orlando area.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, I don't miss it. I really, I don't like Florida Yeah, it's... Uh, at all. <laughs> you,
1: you know, I miss the, being in Colorado, I miss the beach, but I would never want to live in Florida.
0: Yeah. You know, we left, I did my master's at the University of Cincinnati. Okay. So we were, we were in Cincinnati for about four years. Okay. And um, just this past July, we uh, decided, all right, we're, we're moving on from Cincinnati. And um, Denver was very much on the list. The only thing is the the one thing that I wanted to retain from Florida was water.
1: Yeah, I get so that.
0: We did we we landed just outside of Portland, so we're in uh, in Washington State now. Awesome. And um, I mean, it's just, it's such an upgrade from Ohio.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm from Cleveland, so I I know that oh, well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, the 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 friend I mentioned that I was gonna get your. Uh, your poems for the holidays is a, uh, a Clevelander. Are you guys called? Yeah, and, Clevelanders. Uh, mm-hmm. And he he is so gung ho. Cleveland and Ohio. We all are, so, man. You have why? to be to grow what? up
1: there. Like you, I mean, if you're gonna live in such a gray place, and deal with all the weather, like, you have to just completely drink the Kool Aid.
0: Oh my goodness, I could never. I could never. So. But uh, but in any case, one thing that I'm really curious uh, about is, as a writer, I imagine you were also a big reader growing up.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: So I have two questions in that lane. First, what was your favorite book series or book growing up? And then second, were there any books that you fantasized that the universe was real?
1: Oh man, those are great questions. Oh, I think the first series. Well, some background here, I think I mm-hmm. valued reading so much as a kid, number one, because we did it as a family at night before we went to bed. So, you know, we would, oh, like all nice. got into my parents' bed and, and they would kind of switch off and we'd, you know, we'd read, um, we read like the Chronicles of Narnia, we read like Aragon, we read Harry Potter, like we read mm-hmm. these like saga type books. So it was something I really loved, with, loved. But it's funny because I, like, could not read at all until I was, like, six years old. Um, oh, really? Which – and that doesn't sound, like, too old to learn to read. But, I mean, my brother was, like, very literate at the age of three and a half. So <laughs>
0: – there's competition.
1: Yeah, a little bit. But, yeah, I was really far behind in reading, and it was really hard for me. Um, but then – you know, so I, like, kind of learned to read in first grade, and then we got to third grade, and I had this awesome teacher, and he was Mrs. Zulu, and, um, like, the option came up to, like, read Harry Potter as a class, but it was mm-hmm. super scandalous because Harry Potter had kind of, you know, it was, like, a few years old, but I went to a Catholic school.
0: Oh, uh, so they thought it was, like, demons and witchcraft and well, stuff? Well,
1: yeah, so, like, then then you had to, like, get a permission slip signed from your parents so that you could, like, read Harry Potter, and only, like... I don't know i think my reading group was maybe like three people big in my class and then like the other kids were like split up into two other groups and like read different books
0: <laughs> oh my goodness
1: but yeah so for me like that's the thing that sticks out about that series for me it's funny like i love harry potter and i love the mm-hmm. world building um that the author did there uh but yeah, like, the thing about reading that book for me, like, that memory comes up of being, like, one of the only few people that could actually read it in school.
0: (laughs) One of the cool kids?
1: Yeah, I was one of the cool kids. Slash, my (laughs) parents were not religious people, so.
0: Right. Why'd you end up in (laughs) Catholic school, then?
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, My parents kind of moved out to the suburbs of Cleveland, and, you know, my grandparents were very generous, and they helped, um, you know, they said, hey, like, let's, let's get them into a like kind of liberal arts type private school. Um, and the one I liked just happened to be Catholic. So that's how that happened.
0: Oh, huh. <laughs> you chose it.
1: Yeah. Sort of, I guess. <laughs> I don't know.
0: That's really strange.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was there for, you know, 12 years, first grade to, uh, high school graduation. Oh, um, you did the whole run. Yeah. You know, I had like an incredible education when I went to college, like college was quite easy for me. Um, mm. I felt like I was so prepared, and it definitely taught me like critical thinking skills and analytical reading. Um, so I learned so much from there. But definitely the religious component was tough, um, in in a few ways. I'm sure you can imagine.
0: Yeah, I, that was what I was gonna segue into. Yeah. Um, was what was that experience like? As you know, well, actually, backing up a little bit, when did you first come to terms with? your sexuality and from there what was that experience like in the religious environment
1: yeah you know it's funny um i and i vaguely remember this but my mom used to tell this story at dinner parties but um this one time i came home and i was like mom i have a girlfriend and i was in kindergarten okay okay? i was like mom i have a girlfriend and she was like rachel what are you talking about and i was like i don't know this girl in my class we were playing this game and now i have a girlfriend and, you know, it was some, like, you know, we were playing house or whatever. Right, right. And um, and my parents thought it was so funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> At least they went that route with it.
1: Yeah, they thought it was so funny. They told everyone. They thought it was hilarious. Um, And I think, for me, that was, in a way, me being, like, yeah, I like girls, but, like, not knowing what being gay was or, like, right. anything about it, you know? Mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Yeah, so I think I, like, kind of knew pretty young. Mm-hmm. But I didn't start thinking about it or talking about it until I was 15 years old. Okay. Yeah. Um, And that was tough. You know, I had, you know, it was good. I had a lot of friends who were outside of kind of my school because I played sports on Mm -hmm. kind of like club teams or whatever. So they were usually like the first people I ever talked to about anything And then I had some great friends at my school who I kind of opened up and talked to about it. But yeah, it was hard. I always kind of felt like I was like hiding this part of myself. Um, And I wasn't like, you know, the second I got to college, I was like, screw all of this. I'm gay, (laughs) you know, but it was hard. Yeah, it was just kind of hard to like be in that environment and be like, oh, yeah, like you know, people love me. I'm really expected, you know, respected at the school. Like there's kind of this like legacy thing happening. Like my brother was coming up into high school, but there was this like kind of missing piece that I couldn't really share with anyone.
0: Right. Right. Well, I'm certainly glad you found the freedom to, uh, to be yourself.
1: Oh my gosh. Me too. And now it's so funny because occasionally I'll have someone from like grade school or high school be like, wow, I found your poetry online. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, you know, it's funny, like, and they reach out to you and you talk, you kind of catch up with them and, right. you know, the whole thing happens. But it's funny, the people that have reached out, like I've been like surprised and really refreshed. It's right. kind of like given me a new little perspective on kind of like high school, because I feel like for a while I left high school and I was really angry mm-hmm. um, just about not being able to just be a person. But. Now it's kind of cool that all the people come back and go, "Hey, like you're really cool. You're doing cool stuff. Like let's catch up." So it's kind of yeah. like, "Oh, it wasn't so bad." Yeah.
0: I mean, I think the world is moving in the right direction. Um so it's really the, the people that are our age that are still narrow-minded enough to, you know, think hatefully. Those people are few and far between.
1: Yeah, um, I think so too. I mean, it's the world has changed so much. And of course we know that, you know, I'm not naive to say that the world we live in isn't incredibly polarizing. Like it's so polarizing right now. If we look at politics, if we look at, you know, decisions on policy, if we look at, you know, socioeconomic welfare, like the whole thing, it's all over the place. But I think it seems like we're at least getting to that point where it's kind of like, just let people like live their lives Right. Or at least with, you know, younger generations, my dad always says that the young people will save us. And he said that my whole life. (laughs) And now I'm like, oh, the young people will save us.
0: (laughs) Right, right, right.
1: Which is funny, but it's true, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah, You know, I think back to my high school days and this is kind of a a messed up dynamic, but I, so I'm a straight white man Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, got our my wife and our dogs, and doing the the typical cisgendered white man life. But you know
1: what, I like it.
0: <laughs> but okay. when I was in high school, I went to a performing arts school. Okay. And I I was in band, and I would play in the pit for the musicals, and um, you know, so I was very much involved in that in that crowd. And I went to high school in Southwest Florida, mm-hmm. and in the parking lot there were a lot of lifted pickups with Confederate flags. Oh yeah, and that kind of you know. The kids that started doing dip was a big scandal <laughs> in our high school. That was kind of the environment, and it's like spring uh,
1: break, Miami. Yeah,
0: it was it was nuts. <laughs> um, and I, because I didn't actively dislike gay people, I thought I must have been at least bisexual, which is a yeah. really weird dynamic. But that's how mean some people were, right? Oh and,
1: yeah, I. I get that when you, in, in a place that's so polarizing and you're like, I, well, I don't agree with these people. And so I, I
0: guess I'm a little bit gay. I have no idea. Yeah. And, um, so I told my then girlfriend, I was like, Hey, I think I'm bisexual. And she was like, okay. And that's now my wife. Um, Oh, there we go. She was, And she was very cool with it. And I remember probably, Oh goodness. Three or four years into our relationship. Um, I said, Hey, just so you know, um, I don't think I ever clarified on this, but I'm not bi. Was, <laughs> um, okay. And I was like, you never love it. Like, thought about it? She's like, no, why would I have any reason to think otherwise? I was like, I guess that's fair. Um, yeah. So I, I came out as straight finally when I was 20. Well, and, you know. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but I look back on that. I'm like, that's such a, such a strange world that there are people so awful that just by being decent, I convinced myself that I was – by just because of how, how polarizing.
1: Yeah, I've never thought about it like that, but I, I can totally see that sense of log it, logic of being like, well, I do not fit in or agree with these people and i sorry, my dog is oh, you're fine. excited.
0: <laughs> oh, you're fine.
1: She's like, mom, you've locked yourself in the basement. I need hey, attention. That, is that Tato? Yeah, that's Potato.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I did a little bit of Instagram stalking.
1: Oh no, potato! Everyone loves potato. Let me tell you.
0: <laughs> it was a cutie. Yeah, we've got two two little black labs. One is uh-huh. whenever I whenever I'm podcasting, one is always asleep at my feet, mm-hmm. and he is ninety pounds, so my feet get really sweaty. Oh yeah. And then the other one is we have a a bench in our office right by the window, so she Whoa. can just sit on the bench and look at everyone outside. Nice
1: nice she's an observer i like oh, very it very much so very much so. <laughs> um
0: but well, I don't know what were we talking about oh um f- going back to my my first my follow-up on the books you know you said you, you mentioned all the series that you read with your family were any of those worlds did you fantasize them like if i was at hogwarts or if i was in aragon did you ever picture yourself in those universes
1: um I think a little bit with Narnia just because it this it was like before the movies were made, you know Harry Potter mm-hmm. came out and like the movies were made so like your fantasy my fantasy at least was kind of like crushed immediately. Right. You know, I mean the I think the movies are beautiful and well done, but it kind of takes away the imagination of it. Sure. Narnia I definitely loved. I just really resonated with you know like the the characters and um I felt like the dialogue was you know, witty, and I liked the you know the scenes where they describe the snow, um and you know like the Turkish delight, like all of it, so mm. yeah, I think mm. I think I would have to say, you know, Narnia and the lion, the witch in the wardrobe,
0: sure, I mean that's such an immersive world,
1: oh yeah, i I mean it's really well done in terms of how they you know he really constructs it in a way that's so it's so vivid, and you. like immediately you walk through the wardrobe and like everything is changed and and the language even like mirrors that which is it takes a lot of talent and um you know being quite deliberate to do that
0: right right this week's episode of nose on the wall is sponsored by free lunch coffee free lunch coffee in addition to being a incredible coffee brand is also helping make the world a better place When you buy just one bag of free lunch coffee, you are providing 10 meals to children in need. And free lunch coffee gives away 50% of the money that they make to end hunger in the lives of young children. What an amazing mission. Uh, Free lunch coffee also has some cool custom-designed mugs and tumblers. Each mug provides 10 meals, and tumbler provides 20 meals to children in need. You know, on this show, we talk about our memories and oftentimes we're very, very fortunate to have those memories and there are kids out there who don't have that same fortune and Free Lunch Coffee, uh, through their mission, is helping make those kids' lives easier. And beyond having this incredible cause, Free Lunch Coffee has just great coffee. It's specialty-grade, certified organic, and fair trade. Also, they offer a 100% money back guarantee for 30 days if you don't absolutely love their coffee they will give you a full refund and you can keep the coffee too so you have nothing to lose free lunch coffee is offering a 10% discount to you use the coupon code nose at checkout check it out at freelunchcoffee.com that's f-r-e-e-l-u-n-c-h c-o-f-f-e-e dot com and use the code name nose Um, what was Something that while you were growing up, that you thought was going to be really awesome about adulthood, that was not as awesome as you thought it was going to be.
1: You know, I want to just say like having a house, like being in your own space. Mm-hmm. I don't think I realized how much adults have to clean stuff.
0: <laughs> it's constant,
1: constant every day, and it's things are always get messy. I feel like I clean something, and literally thirty seconds later, there's something back on the floor. And I'm like, what the hell is this? No, <laughs> it's it's so irksome and annoying. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's the whole cleaning thing. Sorry. I didn't have to clean much as a child. I was also uh, not very messy as a kid.
0: Uh, so is it your messes or is it your wife's messes? What's the uh, What's the it?
1: It's generally like communal messes. You know, like the kitchen. kitchen, And it's like, no matter, like, if you go into the refrigerator and grab a LaCroix, which I'm addicted to, and you put it (laughs) on the counter, it, like, will leave a water ring. And it'll stay there for two hours until it melts. And that's annoying to me. Or, like, you know, it's just, like... Or, like, you had to dry, hand dry the pan or whatever, and then it's flipped over, Mm -hmm. and then you're like ready to start cooking, or the dishwasher. The fact that you have to, like, not only load the dishwasher, but also unload the dishwasher so you can (laughs) load it again, that's so annoying. Um,
0: I think it never ends. Yeah, having a clean dishwasher is kind of the worst situation because I don't want to unload it. And then we (laughs) then we we start using the dishes out of the dishwasher and then piling them in the sink oh and and then then,
1: and then you're like gosh i I have to to do both oh it's the worst it's the worst it's so uh it's irksome it's frustrating you know and we like to you know pre covid especially we would you know my wife loves to cook and entertain and you know we were doing Mm -hmm. that we'd have so many damn dishes and you know, I hate having things in the sink overnight, so I would always just try mm-hmm. to, like, get the dishes done. And then it's like, damn, I have to put them all away before I can even, like, start the next one. It's just this yep. never-ending <laughs> infinity cycle of dishwashing.
0: Oh, yeah. The one that always gets me is when I will go to the store and I'll spend 150 bucks, 200 bucks on groceries. Oh, yeah. And I get home and I tell my wife, I'm like, we have so much food.
1: We're oh, gonna yeah. Last... Mm-hmm. We're
0: gonna... This is going to last for a year. Yeah. So <laughs> And then I put it all away, and I open the fridge, and I go, what the fuck did I buy? Yeah. There's nothing in here.
1: Yeah. I didn't buy anything usable. I didn't buy anything. I didn't buy any snacks. I didn't. No. <laughs> like it's always.
0: Yeah,
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Uh-huh. I, do, th- I yeah. do the same exact thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I've tried all the different, like, this keto diet, and then the, this diet, and blah, blah, blah. and all of them you are not know, allowed to have snacks. So when I get snacky, I go into the fridge, and I'm like, all I have is a frozen pork shoulder, Dude, can't do anything with that.
1: Screw diets that don't allow snacks. I'm just going to put that. Anyone listening to this, you deserve snacks. Okay? Just uh, saying.
0: My my, my <laughs> wife is probably one of the snackiest people I've ever met. And so much so that we have a system where apparently I'm her butler. And it's oh, okay. No. I, lo- I love her dearly, and I, I, I do uh, allow it to happen. <laughs> yeah. but we'll, we'll both be sitting in our office or on the couch, and she just kind of looks at me and goes, Snacks <laughs> and I go, excuse me, she goes snacks, snacks, and I go, what do you want? Hmm. popcorn
1: oh, I love popcorn, that's my favorite snack. Oh,
0: she's such a popcorn girl
1: i ate two I ate two bowls of popcorn today <laughs> i'm not even I am not even lying, and potato she, loves the popcorn, so she always knows when uh-huh. it's like going out into the bowl, uh-huh, uh-huh. man, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah no, she's a a popcorn with m and m's kind of girl.
1: Nice.
0: Nice. Oh yeah. It's <laughs> a good one. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um what's something kind of piggybacking off of the adulthood sucks question. Um what's something that was common for you growing up that would make zero sense for kids now?
1: Shucks. Uh you know, it's funny, um, in my college town, I once had to go buy sneakers. This will connect, right. I promise. I once okay. had to go buy some new tennis shoes. And they're ringing me up. I can, stick... I, can I
0: just pause you for just a second? Yeah. You you saying this will connect, I promise, brings me such comfort. Because <laughs> when I tell stories, my my wife yells at me all the time. Because my go-to line is, this will make sense in a second, I mm-hmm. promise. I do it with every story I tell, so I'm just glad I'm not alone in the universe, so thank no. you so so much. You
1: are not alone, Justin
0: yeah, I yield the floor back to you, so you're getting your you're getting your sneakers.
1: so yeah, so I'm buying these sneakers, and I, you know I, you stick your little credit card into the thing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and all of a sudden it goes like the dial up. And Uh uh I was like, I think I looked up at the cashier in like shock because she was young. She was, I don't know. She was a girl that lived in this small little town where this college was. And I was like, oh my God. And I'm like looking at her, like I have seen a creature, you know? Right. And she's like, what? And I was like, I have not heard that dial up sound since I was a kid. Uh And it's so funny. So I was born in, in 91. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my dad kind of works in, in tech and, you know, he did a lot of like coding and stuff. And so we had computers in our home, but I remember when we got like our first family computer and he taught me how to, you know, get on the internet and he set me up with like an AOL email account.
0: Oh uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, but it was always that sound of like, okay, I'd get home from school. I'd get like 30 minutes to email my friends, like something I couldn't tell them at school apparently. And right. it was just there. Ah! It would just fill the house with that sound. <laughs> and well, kids don't know com- what that is anymore.
0: No, know- you're on the computer and your parents are like, there's a call. I need to make a call. Get off.
1: Yeah, you got to get the, You got to get off the line. Or, yeah, if my mom had to, you know, send a fax for work, she had to unplug the jack and like plug it into the fax machine. and Oh, it was oh my was This whole thing. Yeah. No, kids now you just like grab a phone and you're on the Internet and you don't have mm-hmm. to wait for like, you know, 90 seconds.
0: you You don't need to wait for anything
1: no you don't yeah the patience factor is yeah everything's very instantaneous and i think i think that's part of the reason everyone's so impatient nowadays like everyone you know even people yeah everyone's anxious everyone's impatient and i think you know the internet has a lot to do with that
0: oh sure my younger sister there's an 11 year gap between us okay uh she was she was not expected okay and uh (laughs) I was trying I was I was home for Thanksgiving down in Florida and I was trying to explain to her what T9 texting was. Oh my goodness. And it took a little bit of time.
1: I was going to say also like if you tried to explain this to someone it would make no sense.
0: Yeah, and I was like my my phone had a keyboard. Okay. And she's like, "Yeah, no, no, mine does too." I'm like, "No, no, no, you're not hearing me." <laughs> yeah. uh, it was a- it was a physical like there were buttons. And she she's like, "I don't understand what you mean." I'm like, "There was a it was like a keyboard for a computer." But on the phone and that was pretty advanced at the time
1: yeah it was i remember when those came out they were like those little flip things mm-hmm. and you like turn them on the side oh yeah
0: mm-hmm. oh yeah i it was it was the V 2 oh yeah and, and um i think four or five years ago my wife and i got new phones we got the LG V 30s so oh, i love it <laughs> um but she's like wait wait, wait. so did you have all the buttons. I'm like, when we actually had the full keyboard, eventually, but when it was just a flip phone, I had to hit seven four times to get an S. And she's like, that doesn't make any sense. She's like, what well, are
1: you What are you talking about? <laughs>
0: exactly. Or if you wanted to, if you wanted to uh, play a video game, you had to put the TV to channel three or channel oh, yeah. four. Oh,
1: uh huh. Mm hmm.
0: That's the only way it worked. And then you had to do the little red, white, and yellow little cable splitty thing
1: oh man i still have those because i like love old video games (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: so upstairs i have it's um it turns the you know the red the yellow and the white cords it transfers it to the hdmi so it's not pixelated on my tv Oh, okay. it's really cool so i got a super nintendo and i have a um an n64 so we can play mario kart nice
0: nice oh yeah yeah, we were big uh, GameCube Super Smash Bros. Oh, nice. In, we we have Super my, Smash
1: Bros. too, actually. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, nice. In my, in, that was the college apartment. We would spend <laughs> hours. Oh, day. yeah. I mean, it was it was irresponsible. Uh, <laughs> oh,
1: I feel you. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Just get sucked into that to that uh, that void.
1: Yeah, you know it's, it's funny. Games are. I think I'm pretty good at problem solving because of the video games I used to play. Mm -hmm. That being said, I don't think that the overconsumption of media is great for kids. I'm a little torn, Uh, but...
0: (laughs) I mean, everything in moderation. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, I was reading that, um, like Bill Gates, this is a while ago, um, he said that his kids were not allowed to have any technology until they were 14. Yeah. And my, my thinking is, if the guy who made it says that, there's probably something to it.
1: Yeah. He he probably knows a lot that we don't know, so
0: it's right. probably some right. good
1: advice. <laughs> that's it.
0: Right. Um one one question I had. Did you have growing up any sort of like family household remedies for like general sickness?
1: General sickness. Oh my gosh. We any... utilized a lot of Dimatap as kids. What? DymoTap. It's this like purple sludgy cough syrup.
0: Oh god. What well, what was it? Yeah. What was it for? Was oh, everything? it was like,
1: you know, runny nose, take Dimetap. You know, you got a cough, take Dimetap. Yeah. <laughs> mhm.
0: God, that sounds In my house, our Dimetap was Vicks VapoRub.
1: Oh, oh, yeah. Mhm. we we had a lot of that too, but for me it was Dimetap. For my my brother was like really sick as a child. Oh, really? <laughs> Which like don't really know why he's like fine now as an adult, but like he was kind of sick all the time when he was a kid. So yeah, he always had like the humidifier going and like the Vicks, and uh, he always was sick. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, the the method that my my great grandmother, who's actually also still alive, oh that's um, awesome. Uh, her method was, and my dad's side of the family is Cuban, and mm. so her her old school Hispanic style was to boil a pot of water. Take a whole glop of Vicks oh and just plop goodness. it into the boiling water, and oh. then you would take a yeah, yeah, and then you would take a towel and mm-hmm. put it behind your head, just put it, just take in the Vicks steam. <laughs> it would kind of burn your eyes, oh, and then would, you would like yeah, you would come up, and it's kind of like in that episode of SpongeBob if you watched as a kid, mm-hmm. where Squidward like slams his face into a door and then comes back up beautiful. <laughs> it was like that, but Vicks. <laughs>
1: That's amazing. Oh, I know the burning eye sensation of the Vicks Vapor rub. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And to this to this day, I still I love Vicks. Oh yeah. My wife hates the smell of Vicks.
1: You know, I'm sure it's it's triggering in both good and bad ways. So that of makes course. sense.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, when you are older, when you're old, we'll say old. And I'm old. Ugh. What do you think and hope? children will ask you to tell stories about
1: oh man um i hope they asked me about cleveland and we're gonna come back to the whole obsessed with cleveland thing Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. cleveland was really different when i was a kid it was kind of dangerous and i like wasn't allowed to go there and then after college i did this americorps program called city year where i taught inner city students in the city of cleveland Mm -hmm. Um, and then I left Cleveland, but I didn't leave it because I didn't love kind of the changes that were happening there. Uh, you know, I left cause I wanted mountains and more adventure and, you know, kind of right. being away from the place I grew up. But yeah, I hope people ask me about what Cleveland was like and talk about how great it is. Cause I think it really is changing for the better. I also, how, how so. what'd you say?
0: I said, how so how's it changing?
1: Um, You know, they're, they're really putting money into infrastructure they're you know pouring money into kind of cultural communities uh you know they they have like a great playhouse there um the schools are getting better which is insane uh you know they're redoing a lot of the downtown area um you know it's easier to get around the city the sports teams are getting better just like they're really they're pumping a lot of money into that downtown area and you know i think that cleveland could have become the next kind of detroit Mm -hmm. and uh, we very much veered away from that path so it it was cool to see just the change from when i was a senior in high school to being a senior in college um it was so evident and even now you know the i have tons of friends who who still live in cleveland and the things that they talk about like are really just cool to hear
0: sure Sure. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's a pretty quick turnaround too. Only four or five years.
1: Oh yeah, it was. It was. It's pretty shocking. It's it's wild, and it's gotten even better. Like property values have gone up. Young mm-hmm. people are moving back to the city, which for a long time they did not.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so cool things are happening, and and I'm happy for that that place.
0: Sure. Were you a big like LeBron fanatic?
1: Yeah. You know, I'm not sure I was a fanatic. He's a phenomenal basketball player, and mm-hmm. he does and he you know he did and continues to do so much for Cleveland and so much for Akron you -hmm. know where he's from and I don't know any any student that goes through his kind of like youth program he pays for them to go to college like he's just he's doing really cool things to uplift the community where he came from and I think that's amazing
0: Sure. sure even from even even in a different jersey
1: yeah yeah you know I respect the guy you know I think it's cool that he came back and you know, he got us that championship, and uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I have I have no hard feelings about LeBron. I think he's he's a pretty pretty great human. Yeah, it seems like yeah. he's raised great kids, which is also impressive. Um, so yeah,
0: <laughs> it was funny. I back in 2016 uh, was an intern for Senator Sherrod Brown. Okay in his uh his constituent services office which mm-hmm. is a tough gig oh, I um, believe it it's just people calling in and yelling at you about everything mm-hmm. and especially in fall of 2016 yeah. because you may have been aware there was a presidential election mm-hmm. that year um and it went in a way that most people weren't expecting yep and um and there was a uh, it was also when um the uh I believe the Cavs won the mm-hmm. championship yep. that, that year. They did. And uh the Cleveland Indians were in the uh not World Cup. Uh the World, World series. series, yeah. Yeah. And Sherrod had this great joke. It really uh we had all this like PR we had to send out about it. Mm-hmm. Where he was just like basically, it was basically he was like God's looking down and he's like, Oh Trump became president, we better give Cleveland two championships. <laughs> They've been through a rough time.
1: That's amazing.
0: <laughs> the chair brown was going to make sense in a second. It, it all pieced itself together.
1: Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. That's amazing.
0: <laughs> um, did you have any any friends that your folks disapproved of?
1: Ooh, I had a few. Yeah, I had a few. Um, how'd,
0: they, how'd they handle that as parents?
1: You know, I was a pretty independent person. Like, my parents did, I mean, I was, I never got into trouble. You know, Mm -hmm. I was never the kind of kid that got into trouble. We did have um, some conflict when I came out. I was, I was like 16 when I, you know, told them. There was some conflict there, and there was some, like, more restrictions on friends and people I could hang out with. Um, At the time, they didn't know that your friends made you gay or straight. So... (laughs) (laughs) um yeah but I really I don't know I I think I was a pretty good friend picker and uh -hmm. my parents trusted me a lot I had an incredible amount of freedom and if I had a child I probably would not give them the same amount of freedom but I also (laughs) really didn't take advantage of it so yeah I mean I guess there were a few people that they were kind of leery of um but it really depended on I think if my parents like had met their parents, then my parents were usually cool with me hanging out with that person. Mm-hmm. And generally mm-hmm. that was the case. But yeah, I was a pretty I was a pretty good kid.
0: Yeah, yeah I was I was pretty vanilla. Yeah. I had my, I had my moments, of course, we all do. Mm-hmm. Um but you hear about this kid snuck out of the house and got caught and was drinking at fourteen and all this stuff. Oh yeah, no, I was not like, doing any of that. I was just no. like Oh my gosh, he's crazy.
1: Yeah, that's nuts. I mean, and too, again, back to the media thing, I think kids grow up so fast these days and it's kind of a shame, you know, like I don't know what the little things are anymore, but it'd be great if youth could enjoy them because life, it gets hard. And I think it, unfortunately, it's demanded that a lot of, you know, kids grow up fast. So yeah, just like stay at home and and be safe and be loved Mm -hmm. and don't get into trouble or hurt anyone or yourself.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 I was, I was reading that, you know, kind of stemming back to, uh, your, your first point about, you know, technology and just the access to it. And this, the instant gratification that comes from it. Mm -hmm. Um, I was reading that kids these days, and we do sound so old. We said that like 400 times. real. Kids these days uh, don't get the opportunity to be bored.
1: Yeah, that's real. And
0: what happens when you're bored, that's when you come up with whatever creative outlet yeah. that best suits you, be it music or, or, in your case, you know, poetry or what, drawing, whatever it is. You don't get the opportunity to explore that because all of your needs are met instantly all the time.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, it's it's a crazy world. When I was bored as a kid, I used to just kind of go outside and I'd knock on my friends' mm-hmm. doors and see if they could go, come out and play. Like, you know, it's a, and two, you know, we live in a world where unless you really know your neighbors and you feel really safe,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, you, I don't know if I'd want my kid running around the neighborhood knocking on doors. Like, there's right. some weirdos out there, and unfortunately, we always hear about all the bad stuff on the news, so your brain just, like, yeah. runs with all of that. But you know, the world has changed, and yeah, it's for so many ways, it's sad, and I think that's why I'm not sure if if I'll ever have kids yet, but I mm-hmm. will be very glad to raise children in Colorado if that day comes,
0: right, I know, with all just the open air and parks and mountains and grass, I mean exactly yeah that's that's all awesome. we love when we visit my in-laws we love just going around, I mean, yeah,
1: yeah, there's so much to do and just see and. Um, you know, like you said, parks, you know, take them out into the mountains, make them run around. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to get them on the, on the slopes.
1: Oh, exactly. I'm I'm with you on that one.
0: <laughs> Are you guys skiers slash snowboarders?
1: Yeah, um, I just switched to skiing. Um, I'm really enjoying it. My body is good, really enjoying it choice. as well. Good choice. <laughs> yep. Um, my wife is a really good snowboarder. <laughs> and uh yeah the the whole squad of friends and everyone we go out there we, we usually like you know rent some big houses and we all cook mm-hmm. and it's a party but it's great what, to be out what there. are
0: your go-to uh go-to slopes
1: oh uh well i'm a sucker for crested butte i hope that i can live there at some point Oh, really yeah i kind of want to retire in crested butte um uh-huh. it's magical and wonderful and very untouched which i love um you know, I like Vail's great, but it kind of comes with, you know, all the stuff that Vail comes with.
0: <laughs> right, right.
1: Yeah, which which is fine, but eventually you're just like, wow, everyone here is so annoying. Um, <laughs> also like Copper is great, Keystone's great. Um Yeah, but Crested Butte's definitely my favorite.
0: Kind of, yeah. We're we're big uh Keystone and uh Winter Park. Nice, nice. Our... Yeah,
1: Winter Park's great. I'm I'm getting to know that mountain. The first time I skied, it was kind of last season, but I'm getting to know it. And Mm -hmm. it's been fun. That backside with Mary Jane is great. Yep.
0: Yep. Yeah. It's super easy to get around.
1: Yeah. It's great.
0: Yeah. We love, we love winter park. And actually my in-laws just bought a little like mountain condo. Nice. uh, That's like 15 minutes away from winter park. So we'll be, we'll be there uh, a lot
1: awesome yeah when when you come out let me know because i have friends that have a place up there too and i'm always like hey can i come and hang out and sit in your hot tub and ski (laughs) and they always say yes which is great so yeah
0: for sure for sure and actually my my wife uh, as we speak is driving home from her last day at uh ski instructor camp ah uh, that's so cool uh, at mount hood which is about an hour and a half from uh from our place awesome and um you know, which is, it's neat because it's a volcano that's just sticking yeah. up in the in the middle of nowhere. Um, and it is just, I mean, just dumped on with snow. Oh, I are, I
1: believe it. Wow. I'm
0: really jealous because she's got to ski for eight hours every day for the last three days. Oh, I'd ha- be
1: I, yeah, I'd be jealous. I, I bet she's, she's going to be tired, though, after that.
0: Oh, she's exhausted. Oh, I'm sure. She's, she's been waking up at five to get out there and oh, passing yeah. out on the couch at like 830.
1: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. though I mean, all that, my wife always laughs at me because I'm always like, fresh air makes me tired. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, no, like being outside is stimulating. And especially when you're being outside and you're exercising and, you know, being deliberate and paying close attention, it like makes you so tired.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, you don't get to just like smell nature on a day to day basis. No, it's so true. The grind. Oh, yeah. So No, I definitely, uh, I definitely get what you're saying. Um I I am kind of gearing back to the, I could talk about skiing for too long and that's not what uh, people are listening for. They want the stories. Um, (laughs) So what was the single most embarrassing story from your childhood?
1: (sighs) Embarrassing. I don't get embarrassed very easily. So this is a tough one for me. I'm kind of Mm. like, I'm that grown woman in the grocery store who like dances around and just doesn't care (laughs) whatsoever. Uh-huh. Um, so, and I've always kind of been that way. Um, it's free to be. Yeah, you know, I do my thing, and that's kind of my prerogative. And I don't know if you are not like living life and doing your thing, then what are you doing? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I like uh, the
0: mindset. I like it a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I've really reached that point in my life where I just like do not care what anyone thinks about me whatsoever. Uh-huh. And but it's attracted like great people into my life. Um, Like one of my best friends I met at a dog park. Like, mm-hmm. and we just randomly met each other in Denver a few years ago and I saw her fall in love with her husband and like, we're all great friends. And it's this, but it's cause I like met her at the dog park and I was like, oh, you're cool. Let's be friends. So I like to think I attract cool people, but, um,
0: and dogs will do that. That's I mean, true. That's, uh, in the same way uh, as you, we met our, our best friends from Cincinnati, um, who we've now gone on vacation together with, we would spend. Every weekend we could sitting around their fire pit in their backyard. Oh, yeah. Um, And we met because we happened to be neighbors in our first apartment complex when we moved to Cincinnati. And we just started chit-chatting when waiting for our dogs to go to the bathroom.
1: Yeah. You know, it's pretty cool. Dogs are great.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, I love them. And and my wife is fairly shy, so for her, dogs are how she makes friends.
1: No, no, it's great. They're great conversation starters, and I don't know, I always feel confident when I'm, like, talking about or with my dog. It's the weirdest mm-hmm. thing, but they they kind of bring out all of the fun, like, quirks in conversation. I think that's oh, a great absolutely. It's a great introduction.
0: Yeah, absolutely. In terms but, of, but no en- embarrassing stories?
1: Uh, not a ton. Oh, I do have a – I have thought of one now. Oh, okay. I can't believe I even remembered this. But what now I'm going to remember because I'm going to tell you and it's going to be embarrassing. Um, I was, okay, so I was a senior in high school yeah. and I was on my way to the, my last day at my senior project. So at the school that I was at, you kind of do this culminating project where you like go out into the world and you find a career mentor and you like hang out with mm-hmm. them for a week and then you present about what you learned. Okay. So I always thought I was gonna be a teacher. Um I'm not a full time teacher, but I teach in college students now, which is great. But I thought I was gonna be working in high school. So I Okay, you know, a good friend of mine from softball, her older sister, was a teacher at this great local public school. So I'm like, Hey Sarah, can I follow you for a week? And she's like, Yeah, Rachel, of course. So I told her that day she had a really rough week because she had to deal with some fight that happened or something. I don't know. Okay. And I'm like, All right, I'm gonna to go to the coffee shop and get coffee for Sarah before school. She's had a tough week, and I this new album had come out. I cannot for the life of me remember the name of it right now. I can hear it in my head though. I can sing it. Um, okay, I <laughs> I don't have a great By singing all. voice.
0: Go for it. What you got?
1: Oh, I don't know. It's like, but it like blast with this like drum situation at the beginning and i was like running out the door i'm in like a suit which i never had to wear like i i jack the music up and i start backing out of my driveway and the driveway in the house that i grew up in is notoriously tricky i think like no kidding 10 people hit the lamppost at the end of the driveway from my, oh my God. you know freshman to uh-huh. senior year like 10 people It's just tough. It's got this weird incline. It was weird. But I start flying down the thing. And all of a sudden, because, you know, you look in your rearview mirror and there's nothing there. So I'm like, I know the driveway. I fly down the driveway. And, you know, I wasn't going like 20 miles an hour, but I was going down the
0: driveway. Yeah, you're peeling out.
1: Yeah, I'm peeling out. All of a sudden I smack something. And I turn around and out of the back of my car is this giant, like, truck. This giant truck that I have hit in my driveway. Oh, my God. And I am like, what the fuck? Like I'm freaking out, you know, and for two, I'd like never gotten into an accident. So I was like, oh my God.
0: Oh God. I I was like, finally,
1: I was like 18. I haven't gotten into an accident. Like, this is awesome. Um, Still, this is the only car accident I've ever gotten into. (laughs)
0: One and and done.
1: I get out of the car and this man is just yelling at me. He's like, you didn't hear me. And like, of course I didn't hear him honk because I was blasting this music like Uh an angsty teenager. And it was this gentleman who was driving around these these Amish ladies, and I <laughs> slammed my car into his van, and I had to buy him a new bumper, and he was so mean to me. Oh, my God. He was so mean to me that one of the Amish ladies rolled the window down and was like, hey, it's okay. He's kind of a dick.
0: <laughs> but I walked away. When you're getting shade from an Amish lady, you know you're not a good person.
1: Yeah, no, but it was this whole thing, and my mom was like, you were moving too quickly this morning, and you were had too much to do. Okay, mm-hmm. so I get yelled at by this man. I have to buy him this new bumper. I'm like, great, this is awesome. I'm having a terrible day. I'm like, okay, I'm going to fix my morning. I'm going to go get coffee. I go get the coffee. And while I'm walking into the school, I slipped on ice and spilled coffee all over myself. So oh my I arrived late to my last day of my senior project. And my friend's older sister is like, Rachel, what the heck happened to you? And I was like, dude, a lot happened to me this morning.
0: <laughs> this This day has been 10 years long.
1: Yeah, that was like the most embarrassing day I've ever had.
0: Oh, my God.
1: And my brother will yeah. always be like, he'll always be like, remember that time you, you hit that Amish van?
0: <laughs> that's that's pretty awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's still the only car accident I've ever been in. So, yeah.
0: And yeah, that, that one's new. Most people come on here and they're just like, one time I shit my pants. You're like, yeah, we all have one of those. No, nope,
1: no, nope. I was jamming out. I flew down the driveway and I hit a van full of wonderful Amish ladies
0: oh and a really gosh.
1: mean man. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm like very giggly thinking about it right now because that was a day.
0: (laughs) Isn't it funny how some of the worst memories make you smile?
1: Yeah, you know, I think uh, you think everything in life is such a big deal when you're a young person. Everything is such a big deal. It's so substantial. And now, you know, I run through the grocery store and dance and I'm like constantly singing. I'm just like a silly person. Uh-huh. And when you're a kid, you're always so, you're so embarrassed about stuff. You think every little thing is going to impact the rest of your life. And it, oh yeah, and it doesn't, but looking back on it now, you can just laugh at a lot of the stuff that you used to think was absolutely horrible.
0: Oh God. I for me the the mo- I think this is probably the cringiest thing that I ever did as a kid. There was this, uh, like I think it was freshman year. There was this girl named Delaney and I was in love with her. <laughs> and then she started dating this other guy. Now, <laughs> She did not know that I had a crush on her. Okay. And there was no reason for her to know that I had a crush on her. There's no, I, I kept that stuff buried down. Yeah. And, but it was still soul crushing that she started dating this guy, Devin. And, um, screw Devin. You know, I know. Uh, actually, I, <laughs> I think they're actually married now. So uh-huh. it ended up working out. All right. But in, in any case, um, I was just heartbroken. And I went home and uh, I, I, I jump into our pool, and um, I was like, "This is it. I'm gonna drown myself because there's no there's no hope in life anymore." Aww. But, but it, it was a really sad moment. But how I went about it is pretty ridiculous. All <coughs> I did was I barely, I just like dipped my nose beneath the water, mm-hmm. and then I like was scouring with my, like with my eyes to see if any adults were noticing that I was drowning myself. But all I, all I did was kind of like barely bloop just beneath the, the water line. Yeah. So it's just a kid playing in a pool. Yeah. And then so I'm there going, like, they don't even see that I'm going to die. <laughs> no no one even cares about me. And that it's is so, so
1: sad. Oh, my it's heart It's so hurts. sad. But
0: it's so cringy because I'm there, like, waiting for someone to be like, no, you're worth it. Don't do it. But I'll, I, mean, I was just playing in the pool from their perspective. So. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God, kids are so weird.
1: Kids are so I mean, children are weird. I still think kids are freaking weirdos. They really are. They're so funny though, and I totally get like your childhood logic. Because you really wanted you really wanted this girl's attention and you probably really just wanted someone to tell you, like, hey Justin, don't do that.
0: It's gonna be okay.
1: (laughs) But I like how you went from like point A to point X.
0: Yeah, yeah, there was no reasoning in in between those two points. No. When you're a kid you
1: don't need it, so it's fine.
0: That's it. Yeah. I'm gonna die now. Yeah, and then no and no one noticed and it made it that much worse.
1: No, I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well now everyone knows the story and everyone's heartbroken for you.
0: Oh, I know, I know. But I ultimately I'm very happy for Delaney. It was it was the one that got away, but it all it all worked out.
1: It does. It usually does.
0: So I've got one last thing for you before I have to let you go. All right. What was one thing that you believed for way too long as a kid?
1: <sighs> hmm. Wow. As a kid, I think I thought I had a really interesting idea about relationships. Okay. I think I thought that they always had to be hard. I talk about this a lot now as an adult who's like, Mm. I have found like my most perfect person that I could ever be with. And we're married and we're so happy. That's sweet. Yeah. I mean, she's the best. We have very little. We have like never had any conflict in our relationship because we are both just so good at communicating, which Mm. I know is very rare. But I think that for a really long time, I thought that. Any kind of, like, friendships, relationships, whatever it was, they required this certain amount of struggle and, like, fighting and it it was, like, not a healthy image. And that probably came Mm -hmm. from, you know, I was a gay teenager and you had to – I was, like, fighting to make relationships work, whatever Mm -hmm. relationships were when you're in high school, right? And, you know, like, my parents got divorced, so I kind of, like, grew up seeing these, like, unspoken – truths and Mm -hmm. you know behind the scenes arguments and like grew up with that so I thought it was like kind of a normal thing right and now as an adult I know that that is not a normal thing (laughs) and I'm so thankful that it's not and I don't know I tell people I can't tell anyone enough who's like looking for their person that it doesn't have to be this terrible fighting struggle. Like you can just love someone and be loved and it can be healthy and beautiful and you don't have to ask any questions about it.
0: Right. It's okay to just be happy. You don't need to fight to get there.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You can just sit in the peacefulness that you've found and enjoy it and not worry that something's wrong because it's so great.
0: That's awesome. That I like that's a nice, wholesome spot to end on thank you Um, so thank you so 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 much for for joining me and giving me a whole hour of your time no of course i I so very appreciate it and uh i'm gonna plug you one more time (laughs) Uh, at war with stars you can find it on amazon uh you can find rachel on instagram at r-r-n-o-a-l-l did i get that right you did perfect And uh, check out her stuff. She's really a phenomenal poet and and truly an artist. And um, I so very much appreciate you giving me this time. So thank you so much. And uh, I hope you have a a great rest of your day.
1: Thank you. Thank you. uh, I enjoy this a lot. It was nice to sit down and be really intentional and think about, you know, growing up. So I really appreciate you. And and thank you so much for reaching out to me. Of course.
0: Of course. All righty. Well, I will. I'll let you go. And uh, take care. I'm sure we'll talk soon.
1: Great. Thank you, Justin. Uh, Have a good night.
0: Yeah, you too. Bye-bye.